0: Hi everyone, it's Karen, and what I have for you is what I think is a really special conversation to share on the See Me, Hear Me, Love Me podcast. I have missed the parent conversations for See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, and that's because it's a bit of a hiatus while I am part of another podcast called The Language of Ahava, and that is a podcast about the connections um, of love within ourselves, within our families, and within our world. So I strongly wish that you'd go over and listen to the Language of Ahava podcast. Um, But in the meantime, I want to share the most recent episode with you here because it is very much a question that lots of parents have been struggling with. Um, And the, the topic of this podcast is when a child asks... Is God evil? It's a tough one. We have Rabbi David Steinhardt. We have a psychotherapist, Avi Steinhardt. We have inspiration and perspective from Louis the Blue Monster. And we have a most magnificent mom and colleague, Allison Sherman, who is asking the parent questions and the questions about how parents feel when they are asked those really hard, almost unanswerable questions by their children. So I don't know that we have answers. It is an exploration of a challenging topic that maybe will help us all find where we fit in that puzzle of meaning, of explanation, and of managing life in really hard times. I hope you'll enjoy it. Here's the podcast, and as always, I would love to hear back from you. So as we post this on Instagram and Facebook, please, please, please send me a message or send me an email to karen at familytimeinc.com because, you know, we want, I, I want you to know that I'm listening to your stories because that's always been the purpose of see me, hear me, love me. So here is um, When a Child Asks. Is God Evil?, from the Language of Ahava podcast. Talk to you soon, everyone. Take care. Here we are, episode 15 of the Language of Ahava podcast. The title is, When a Child Asks, Is God Evil? I am so happy that we have this format to start asking these big questions. We may not have the answers, but it's a wonderful place to explore all the nuances. Um, and the possibilities, but also find within ourselves, hopefully, um, the ability to respond to really hard questions, whether they be from our children or from ourselves. So I have Alison Sherman, who is the mom who heard this question from a mom friend who was repeating it to her. And I want her to give us um, the the, the whole setup of how that came to be. We also have Avi Steinhardt, psychotherapist in private practice from Brooklyn, a poet, um, and someone who is also a parent of a young child who is full of questions. But let me check in with my co-host. Hello, Rabbi Steinhardt. How are you?
1: Hi, Karen. I'm well. And I'm very excited about this conversation for a host of different reasons, some being obvious, but also because I think that over the time that we've been doing this podcast, the questions have become more profound, and they they cause us to deep even dig even, dig even deeper than we think did in the very beginning. So thanks for this opportunity. And I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Allison, tell us about your children and and all that was um, in place when this question came up.
2: Sure. Um, So I have two daughters. Uh, My older daughter is 10, and my younger daughter is 7. And just recently, we were at a play date um with my girlfriend and her two kids. And um, her daughters are age seven and five. And you know, we were just talking about life and, and how difficult things are right now as a parent living in this COVID era. And you know, some of the the questions that we're really struggling to answer for our children. And, um, you know, she asked me, she said, um, you know, have your have your children ever asked you about God in relation to COVID? And I said, well, no, I mean, we've had a lot of difficult conversations, but but what do you mean? And she said, well, my little one said, is God evil? And her answer was, you know, of course not. God isn't evil. Why would you, why would you ask that? And she said, well, you know, she said to me, well, if he's not evil, then why won't God take COVID away? Why won't God make COVID go away? And so we we sat with that for a little bit and we we just talked about, you know, how to not just COVID, but you know, there's so many areas where kids ask difficult questions that you yourself struggle with that you don't have the answer for. And, um, you know, I just, I said to her, you know what? Um, I'd like to talk to my rabbi about that. (laughs) I'd like to bring that to him. And I'd like to sort of unpack that a little bit um, with some people. And uh, that's what brings us here today. Let's, uh, let's unpack that.
0: <laughs> Before we pass time. <laughs> it on, and I'm going to pass it to Rabbi Steinhardt first, can you share how you felt in your parenting role and hat when, that, when you were thinking about how you would answer that question? What, what triggered for you?
2: Well, to be perfectly honest, you know, it's, it's hard. I'm not in a great place with it myself. So it's really hard as a parent to be brave and positive when you are feeling so much heaviness and uncertainty. You know, my kids never asked me directly about God, but they ask questions almost as if I'm God, you know, mom, when is this going to go away? When is this going to be over? You know, questions that I don't have answers for. And so I think that's what triggered it. It was, you know, it was this, what do you do with these questions when they're looking to you for answers and insight and you yourself are feeling something that's a little dark right now. Yes. Rabbi?
1: Aaron, you can respond to what I'm saying um, right now, and Avi can respond to it also. But I would think that it's very important as parents that we come to terms with both our own limitation, and the fact is that there's so much that we don't know. And also, as you did, Allison, you know, you you express the fact that you're feeling like you're in a pretty dark place. And I think being able to understand that for yourself is really good as you move forward with your kids. You don't want to. Create a dark place for your kids where they're not going on one hand. On the other hand, you do want to give them the capacity to speak to that. They're feeling that also. Um, The other thing I would say as a rabbi, and this is something that I have always felt, a rabbi educator. And that is we can't teach our students and we can't teach our kids um, to believe in things that we don't really believe in. And so if we create kind of a fairy tale ideation of God, and we don't believe in that image of God, that vision of God, at some point, we're gonna run into a problem with that. You know, years ago, there was a study about kids who went to Sunday school and Hebrew school um, and their affiliation with the Jewish community, the Jewish people, and they discovered that the more that people went to Hebrew school and Sunday school, the less likely they were to connect to Judaism. And I think that's because there was a generation that grew up with with fairy tale stories, but they weren't taught them like these are mythologies. They were taught them as these were scientific truth. This was the way it was, the way it really is. So I think we have to uncover all of that and, and, and look at our own understanding of God and our understanding of God in relation to good and evil and also our own agency as well as his power or her power lack
0: thereof. Avi. How would you like to jump in at this moment?
3: <laughs> oh, there's so many there's so much going through my head as I'm hearing all this. But first and foremost is that I don't think that uh, Allison, that you're like that your darkness right now is a personal predicament. I mean <clears throat> hope is not on high supply right now in the general population. I mean, we had we had a concept of a light at the end of the tunnel, at least the science following community had a shared concept. This is the light, this is what it is, this is the tunnel. And we went past there and, and that's not true anymore. And there's not a new vision that's collectively being laid out. And so the kids, Picking when the kid when a kid asks, "Is God evil?" I think that kid could be picking up on something really much larger and broader than their, you know, their own parents' personal struggle with yeah. with this
0: thing. And and I'll tell you where because um, and I come from two angles. I come from the developmental education teacher hat, and then I come from the children as philosophers hat. Uh, which is also part of my history. And so when I hear evil um, with my teacher hat, I jump into all of that pre-K, kindergarten, good guys, bad guys. Uh, and, and children love sorting the world into that. And then as the person who is tries to create a safe space for children to ask questions, to explore, to feel like there's a ground under them, Even when my, I can compartmentalize. So I can say, here's mine. I'm going to hold this over here. And and any parent of a two-year-old, I'm always going to say, rally what you need to rally to to have the best response to your child, but make sure you're taking care of yourself separately because your child is going to wear you down, tear you apart. And if you try to mix both together, you can't take care of your needs and your child's needs and questions at the same time. But so that idea of evil to me, it's so what I'll do is I'll go back and say, well, how do I how do I ask, answer that question from what they might be thinking? So I need to have as much transparency with the child to say, hmm, what would that mean? Because can all good guys fix things like that? Can all hero? what's a hero? How, and, and, and whether it's evil, heroes, or goodness, because I want to sort of steer a child to, yes, what is authentically my true belief, which is if you believe in God, you're going to have to find some verbiage to make them good. It's almost like you. So if I'm willing to make that first assumption, then I have to create some story. As Rabbi said, I think it has to start as an authentic story. Otherwise I'm just gaming them, manipulating them. And they know that right away and they will find their way in to tear me apart immediately. So, Sit. I, I think our first response is always listen and watch. Listen and feel for where that, that question is percolating from. Do they need, in the Mr. Rogers way, to look for a hero to see, wow, is the world really as bad as I'm thinking it is right now? Is there no hope? Can I find hope? Can I find light? Or some days you just go, hmm. I don't find anything. I am worn down. I am tired. Let's all go jump in the bed with a blanket and some popcorn. Um, Or are they asking, so are they asking me for action, solutions, not fixing. I never want to be the fixer. Or are they asking for comfort and safety and a hug? When in doubt, to your big, big, big question, is am I big enough to be the parent my child needs me to be, to be the protector, to be wise? Um, The answer to that as the non-parent here, without a doubt, 100%. I know you are all enough for your children, but you can only start in pieces. So I'll throw it back to you, Alison. Where would you like to go next? In this exploration.
2: Well, I think, um, you know, something that rabbi said, you know, we, we have to be mindful of how we talk about God with our children. But if you think about what they do learn in Hebrew school, it's that God loves you. God is everywhere. God protects us. So I think it is those themes that it could seem really confusing, Um, And and then to Avi's point, you know, when we were talking about, you know, the light, and then it just, every time we think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it goes dark again, you know, our kids heard that too, you know, like they're feeling that, that disappointment as well. So I think that's where these questions are coming from. It's coming from a, a spot of confusion and frustration, but, but they don't know who to, Blame, you know. My mom and dad don't know the answer, so it must be God that knows the answer. Why is this happening? And so, Means if we keep agree? looking to,
0: if we keep <laughs> look, putting it to a higher power, higher power, power, eventually you're going to run out of the highest power. So maybe we need to frame it differently for them.
1: Well, uh, so could I uh, interject here? I think it's about framing it a little bit differently for ourselves. And what I'm going to say right now has to do with our own our own vision of this. And it's not about what we're doing with the kids. That, we, that obviously is very, very important, very critical. So, you know, Allison, in the beginning of the Shachrit service, the morning service, we say this bracha, this blessing. Atah adonai Praise to you, God, King of all the, the universe. Yotzer or choshe choshe you created light and you created darkness. You created peace and you created everything. So there's been found in a very ancient place the earliest sidur known to the Jewish people or to humanity, and the language is different. It ends, Yotzer Or Choshech, he creates light and darkness. Um Shalom, he makes peace. Uvareya Tara, and he creates evil. And so it's a whole different kind of image. That is, everything that's part of creation, everything is, is part of this universe. That is peace and and that which is evil. It's all part of it. Now, that means there's got to be some human agency in all this, and that is, so what do we do with that? On Passover, you know, we have four sons. One of the sons is defined as a rasha. He's defined as being evil. We know in this world there are people, if they themselves aren't, you know, essentially evil, they do evil things. We know that there's there's bad stuff that happens in the world. We know that there's evil in this world. The, the last text is um, uh, from Archibald MacLeish, the, the playwright and poet. He, in his, he wrote a very famous play called JB. JB was based on the biblical book of Job. And in, in that, there's this great line. It goes like this. Um, if God is God, he is not good. If God is good, he is not go- go- He is not God take the evil take the odd so what it, what macleish is saying here the character of jb is saying is i see so much bad stuff in this world so if god is responsible for all of it then how could he be good and if there's only goodness then can that be god and then when he says take the even even take the odd he realizes there's a there's a randomness to nature like there is to a virus and so that we we have to, we, now this is not for kids to understand, but we understand that there's this world that presents a certain level of randomness and this world that does have evil in it. So then do we understand what our agency is in that world? What can we do in that world? And as parents, I think first and foremost, we have to give our kids comfort.
3: So can I ask you a question after, thank you for that. You know, the, the passage that you quoted would seem to portray God as neutral, and you know, a question that it evokes for me is, you know, in, in talking to our kids, is is it? Uh, do you think we ought to differentiate God from nature? You know, God from the neutrality of nature, um, because yeah. I don't know, God being neutral is almost as scary as God being evil. Or something.
1: Yeah, I, it's a great. It's a good question, and I understand your what you're saying at the end there. So no, I don't think I don't think so. It's when, it's when we use a perception of God, as being like this giant puppeteer. You'll excuse me, who controls everything, and so then we have to wonder, you know, why, why is this bad stuff happening, and why isn't God intervening, right? So no, I see I see God as a force in a force in this greater natural world, even the creator of nature, but he's not directly involved with the good and the evil that takes place. That kind of unfolds through the, through the universe itself, what the universe provides.
0: What, what my, one of my responses I'm feeling now is, as you say, God created good and evil. Oh, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a nice clear sentence, but I know the five-year-old's going to come back with, and why would he do that, or she, or what? That's why I
1: began my comment by saying I wouldn't say this. Wouldn't go there
0: with the kids. No, no. I wouldn't so, say this so our struggle becomes an expl—whether it's an exploration of challenging times, or whether it's an explanation of what is God and how we're going to talk about God. Um, and so, when in doubt. <laughs> An e, a wimpy way out, but but one that buys us that little bit of time is the, hmm, how are we going to figure this out? To ask the child and then to say, you know, what do you think God is? Do you think God would create a virus? Or, you know, we've got, mos- you, know, do we, you know, the philosophical question when I was in grad school was mosquitoes. You know, not quite the same as Two and a half years of COVID, but
1: Well, it could it could become. <laughs> you know that, right?
0: Yeah. So it's so we. It, I, I think we have to figure out where we each, because each family is very different in their interest in exploring the questions, um, or whether they just want. Um, to have a, you know, like, I, I mean, I love Allison's question and, and Rabbi's conversation about religious school because it's like, what, what's the right way to teach religion? You know, what's the right way to teach theology? Because the concepts are so layered and, and no matter which avenue we take, we're going to somewhere end up in a labyrinth no, at some point in time. So we have to be ready to get to be very comfortable with not knowing answers, but knowing, but, the, but underlying Allison's question of evil, even if we don't have somebody to blame. I mean, that whole idea of who do we blame for this? That's, that's a week's conversation right there. <laughs> but you also have the, how do I live in darkness? And and so now I'm going to send it back to Avi because I think he's got somebody else in the wings there because as maybe we, I mean, I appreciate that theology gives us something great, but maybe rabbi wanted us to introduce Avi as the poet also because one field, one discipline isn't going to help us. Avi, did I see something blue waving around over there? Yeah.
3: Yeah, Karen, if you would you introduce my friend so I could bring
0: him in? Uh, we ha- we had the amazing good fortune of having Louie the Blue Monster on our podcast on episode 4 Louie. <laughs> we need a monster big intervention here. Help.
3: Yeah, I've been listening in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hey Rabbi. Hey Louis. Hey pal. Hey pal. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So these are big questions, and one of the things I was just thinking at the end was, you know, I've been alive a long time, and I've seen dark times. I've seen times where, you know, there was so much volcanic activity, and by the way, nobody knew what volcanic activity was, that the dust would blot out the moon for like a year at a time, and nobody knew what dust was, basically, either, and that was troubling. And we would face these same kind of questions from our kids, but this is where I also feel for you monotheists. (laughs) Louis, don't get me in trouble, please. (laughs) It's fine, it's fine. Listen. Because we would tell the kids, you know, oh, the thunder gods are mad at the volcano or the, the... There were different energies and forces that represented different things happening so that one God didn't have to be all things, which is so much weight for a kid to do, you know?
0: Allison. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I love that insight from Louie, and that's a, a great example of, you know, I think that there are so many questions that our kids have that we just have to, you know, we, we have to talk about that. We have to say that we've been here before, that, you know, we, we've been through hard times and we have each other and just kind of refocus on what the light is that's in our life Instead of the darkness, maybe that's the answer. Um, when we don't have the answers is we, we point to the light and, and how far we've come and what we have gone through. I have a question I'm not really for sure. I'm though. getting a little emotional, actually. Louie made me emotional. <laughs> Can you say emotional. why? <laughs> Can you say why, Allison? Well, tugging at my heartstrings. Um, uh. Well, because... Because he's right. Um, because you know we we have been through a lot as as a people, as a as a country, as a world, as humanity. Um, and this is just another one of those. Um, you know, sometimes I, I say to my kids, you know, we're we're living through history. They're going to talk about this time, and and we're going to have stories. And you know that was a lot more exciting to to think about when we could say that we sat home for two weeks and baked bread and, you know, did dances that we recorded on, you know, <laughs> on social media and things like that and silly things to keep ourselves busy. I think two and a half years later, that has, the novelty of that has, has worn off a little bit that we are living through history and we could talk about it one day as if, you know, it was, I think, um, you know, that's part of what's so troubling is, is when are we going to be able to say
0: that, you know, that was... We don't know if we will. Um, and your child, children have it harder than the family time babies. Our first COVID class of babies is now in the preschool. That's how crazy this is. And I'm asking those parents to start keeping journals of this because we can't, we've never lived this before before. And we're going to be trying to explain it five and 10 years from now, looking back. So take really good notes of this cultural epoch. But your children had an experience before COVID. So they're making a different kind of transition. Uh, But but Louis, I mean, what I want to say, and I need a monster perspective Mm -hmm. on is humans are very impatient you know we're not i'm not okay like going, yeah well in the past we came through it i, I it's uh, we want it over and we want to shake the world until it uh, until it is over or that right. that god that that let us down
3: <laughs> that's right that's right and the long of you tells you that there are so many times where the world seems just on the precipice of destruction or going down, or possibly being saved. Maybe we always stand there in some ways, you know?
0: Yeah. It, we are we are at an opening to something. And we well, I guess we just hold the hope I'll tell be...
3: you, oh, sorry to interrupt.
0: Please. I want to
3: tell you, so monsters tell, I heard you talking about fairy tales before, Rabbi, which I appreciate. You know, fairy tales have times in them of great darkness and great danger. And sometimes we can say to kids, maybe that's where we are in the story right now. We're not to the end yet. We're at that part. And that part can last a good while, you know? I was thinking about uh, the old Joyman, what's his name? Rumplestiltskin. That's right, Rumpelstiltskin. You know that everyone knows this story, right? You all know it. Remind give a us. Yeah, you give it. You tell. Uh, there's a Miller's daughter. A Miller's. Uh, a Miller's daughter is uh, subject to a king's demand that she spin straw into gold because of her father's boasts, right? And she has no idea how to do that. And something comes along that offers some creature shows up that offers that he could do it, right? right? And uh, he does it. And all he asks uh, after a, a few times of doing it for her is her baby. And he, when she has a baby and he, I mean, this is a, it's a good amount of story. It's a good story. He's not doing it justice. You know, I'm just trying to get through the, the thing. So when it, she has a baby and he reappears, he gives her three days to uh, guess his name. And she, she sends out messengers in uh, all directions. And the first day, the second day, nothing. It's not till the third day that a messenger hears him speak his own name, outside, dancing, singing outside of his own hut. And he comes back and, you know, he, he, he tells the woman the name and she guesses it and the world swallows him up. That, that's, that's the story, right? That's, that's more or less the story. And what, what about it? Well, three is a big... Theme in fairy tales, also. And we are going into the third year of this pandemic. Can you believe that? No. 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 And sometimes the three thing means that's how long it takes to hear the true name of what's going on. It, it takes some great length of time to actually hear the thing speak its own name to us. It's like that with feelings too, which we talk about a lot, right? We wanna name it too quickly, we won't. We'll get it wrong, we'll associate it somewhere. But that deeper feeling is more mysterious. We gotta listen sometimes for three years before we can name it. So Rumpelstiltskin is what I'm hoping for going into year three of this bad boy
0: maybe I, we name COVID Rumpelstiltskin.
1: <laughs> Rabbi. I just was thinking about something. That's a response to uh, Alison in, and in the, the, in what Avi had said also about you know the light is not at the end of the tunnel. What do we do when we feel that? It's just a, a, um, uh, a hint that I was given through the partial last week. And that is the plagues are, are described in the Torah. And there's the second to last plague is the plague of darkness. That's the analogy that we're using here. And what it says in the Torah about the plague of darkness is that the Egyptians were overwhelmed by darkness. It was so, so thick they could feel it, and they couldn't see anything. But the Hebrews didn't have darkness. And the reason the Hebrews didn't have darkness, according to the commentaries, is that they saw each other. They saw each other, and they saw that everyone was in this darkness. And so they came together to, to like support each other and to give each other love. And that may be it, you know, that we don't have the answer. We're covered with darkness here, but we have to be together with each other. We have to, you know, we have to be with our families. We have to be with our community. We have to be with the people we love.
3: And maybe that's where we find God. The perseverance of that, of music and love and reaching for the light, despite everything discouraging us. In the meantime, that, that's where we find God, right, monotheists?
0: <laughs> and 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 that becomes, I mean, Amen. that's a construct if, for for a child that needs concrete imagery. That it looks like God created evil. We are told God creates light and evil, and that what if that means he wa- he wants us to work together? What if he is asking? Each of us as a family, as a, as, as a grown up or as a child, to do something better in this darkness. Rabbi, I'm going to give you a world word. And you will find Louie, our blue monster, on Monster Insight on Instagram and Facebook. That's Avi right. Steinhardt is at AviSteinhardt.com. And Rabbi Steinhardt's always here with us at Bene Torah. The, those those references are coming at the end of the podcast. But Rabbi, wrap us up in um, it, it, however you want to frame this with God. And then I'm thinking, you know, is the is that monotheist? Do we want to put a prayer piece in there? Do, is, is there a, is there? A, I, I
1: don't want I don't want to wrap this up. I don't. Okay. I, I think this is an open conversation. I would like it to continue. For anyone who's watching this podcast, if you would like to join in a conversation, we can create a Zoom session with these, uh, these players. I, I just want to tell you, Allison, I'm really appreciative of you opening your heart and bringing yourself to it this way. It really touches me very deeply. And Avi, I, as always, I thank you for your, you know, the great insight and the and the counterbalances that you can provide and the balance that you can give to people and, Karen, thanks for opening opening all of this up. It's
0: I'm so pleasure. grateful we can yeah. do, do this together. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Thank you. Shabbat
1: shalom, everybody. Take care. Bye. Shalom.